Hey guys, this is Billy with King Oil & Co. This is Sam Ace Things with Sam Sauce. And thanks for listening to Spill the Sauce Podcast. It's rolling today. We're going to do a quick little one. Maybe not a quick loan, but you know something uh, a little different for you guys. So everyone oh. knows that I have zero culinary experience. Cereals as far as I go. And then Sam's here, like professionally trained, actually works in the kitchen. So Sam knows the ins and outs of every, of the, at least the kitchen that he works in. I know that for a fact. So I thought it'd be kind of cool to bring, or when I put the thing on Instagram for people to bring in questions, some people did. And then I found some good ones online, like of what people were to ask, like regular chefs. It's pretty simple stuff. Like, how do you know, like when this is ready, it's like eggs, like it's very, very simple stuff. So... I guess we'll start with one that you've been kind of preaching about heavy on here. You've said it, you for sure said it a couple times on the podcast, seasoning. Yes. So give, you always say season heavy, season heavy. For someone like a home cook, kind of like me, like it's very hard to know because putting on a lot is kind of like, ooh, and then like there's no fine line, you know what I mean? So like kind of explain that, like, because I know that's true, like the restaurant life, like really true. Well, and it's difficult to say too, because um, like the best of the restaurants that are out there, um, I mean, techniques sound across the board, obviously. But for me, what it really thinks it is to is uh, people are really riding that line of like seasoned perfectly or possibly over seasoned. Um, I mean, it's a fine line there. This linen and things goes a very long way, so you can taste proper food. Another big thing that a lot of people forget is hot food, as in temperature hot. Um, not necessarily is the best for you. Um, if you're at a lot of like fine restaurants and if you're getting a plate, well, it's like a, like an entree dish and it's not piping, piping hot. Um, it's not just like, oh, it's sat around. It's, it's a lot for the reason. So, I mean, once again, you can taste things better. If things are super cold or super, super hot, um, you're not able to really taste too much. I mean, if you got a steak right off the grill, even if it's seasoned really well, you're probably just going to taste the salt. You're not going to get a lot of the nuances of anything. Um, so you kind of want things that's always like temper, but that's beyond the point. But a seasoning thing, probably the best way to put it is screw up. I mean, there's going to be a point where maybe you're just making, you know, scrambled eggs, like a classic, like kind of, um, like a French way of doing it where you start with cold butter, cold pan, eggs in there, not whipped up. And you're just slowly milking that together. And then you season at the end. Um, be cautious of how much you're using, but kind of have a figure, figure out a way, um, knowing how much was used because there's going to be a day where it's awesome it's perfect it's super super flavorful and essentially it's just eggs butter and then seasoning but you're just going to be able to taste things more um then there's going to be a day where you go oh screw it up a little too much salt <laughs> um and then i know with a lot of things with sauces too i mean if people are making like pan sauces whether they're deglazing you know a pan they just like seared off some chicken or any other protein with like a bourbon or something to cook that down, get the farm down, um, whether they thicken that up or just kind of cook it down with some stock. Um, think of it as it's not soup. It's going to be a sauce, preferably for like, you know, your cut of meat. Um, you want that to be seasoned pretty heavily, um, over seasoned to the degree of if it's soup, it's too salty. Because obviously soup, it's a standalone dish. You're going to slurp it right up. Yeah. But I mean, if you're going to do like a sauce to accompany something, um, you want it pretty heavily seasoned, so you need less of it. Um, it brings a flavor throughout the dish. It, it serves a purpose, but it's not just going to be like this thin, weak gravy, essentially. So so it's really difficult. It's just trial and error. 
um, you will make mistakes. I know one thing with seasoning steaks, for example, speaking of mistakes, mm-hmm. um, seasoning steaks, typically I don't do anything with black pepper. I don't really mess around with a lot of other spice blends. Black pepper burns really easily. Yeah. Um, but I will season things very heavily. I mean, if you got like a two inch um, chunk of like meat, um, like that thick, I mean, you're all, I mean, I mean, like a coarse, 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 or salt, of course, like iodized sauce would be terrible for this because it's just too fine. You can't control it. But if you have like a coarse, um, coarse, a kosher salt, <laughs> go completely heavy, especially if you have that good two inch thick cut of meat um, to the point where it just looks like you got a fresh snowfall over everything, completely coating, let that kind of temper for, you know, upwards between, you know, half an hour, an hour, it's going to be the best steak ever. And then you're going to taste it and you're not going to reach for that. That A1 or yeah. that steak sauce or anything like that because you're just like, holy shit, this is just a seasoned, nice, nice, really piece of meat. Um, once again, if it's a thinner piece of meat, you're going to have to scale that back a little bit just because then that's going to be like, it's going to be a bit of a salt bomb. But once again, it's air. I mean, make airs. It's kind of fun, but in the savory cooking world, um, making airs are a good thing. Baking, not. Um, if you screw up a pot roast or if you over season a steak, you'd be like, Oh, it's going to be great for chili. I mean, if you screw up on a cake, you're fucked. You're going to try it again. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, yeah, with seasoning things, ride the line and uh, make mistakes. I mean, oh, you want things to be seasoned well. Not just seasoned, but seasoned well. Seasoned to taste. Um, but then, you know, with sauces, you want to, like, season over because you're going to be using such a minimal amount. Like, with, you know, I'm sure chili oils or hot sauces, they're not meant to be drank as is. You want to be able to taste them and go, that's big that's bold but it's going to go so well with food mm-hmm. so it's not going to be the main component that's why a lot of the little uh, hot sauce guys on the market right now their sauces are great I-, I love their ideas but they're just really weak and not that palatable i mean i have to empty sauce on some stuff and you're just like damn it i wish this guy knew something about salt because this yeah. could be 10 times the sauce that it is now i'm just with seasoning so yeah never underestimate the power of uh, salt um whether it's vinegar sugar any of those seasoning things that's that's what makes a good chef compared to anyone else this salt is definitely salt. king for sure I mean, mm-hmm. the difference it makes is crazy god yeah it's insane um season before or after what's the trick there uh, depending on really what it is for the most part i'd always say season before or season while you're cooking if it's like a big chunk of steak um i'd always season before kind of consider like a dry brine you're not like submerged in a, like a salt water brine or anything, but it's going to work the same as if you were brining a piece of meat mm-hmm. or like brining a turkey. Um, like for like Thanksgiving, the best way I've ever cooked turkeys was brining them. None of this, ooh, I inject shit in it or I rub butter under the skin or I put herbs and all this stuff. It's like, just get a good salt brine, maybe a little sugar, submerge it. And then like osmosis, all the salt's going to take all the moisture out of the turkey, essentially dry the hell out of it. Then all of that open pores, all the seasoning is going to go right back in, and it's going to be the most moist turkey ever. So I'd say with things like that, season before always. Um, but then don't be um, too cautious on like the seasoning afterwards. I'm really against table salt and pepper, um, especially mm-hmm. for homes or restaurants. I think it's just like cheesier than all hell. But if you have a nice like chunk of meat that's you know pan seared slice down maybe it's like a little fillet slice into three coins Mm -hmm. um, presented that way a little bit of flaky finishing salt on that open um, skin any of that open cuts of meat that are open awesome like just like a finishing salt um or when you're cooking 
you know, soups or even sauces to that degree. I'm season while you're cooking, really. I mean, if you're sweating down your yeah. onions right away, for whatever example, you know, throw a little salt in it. Um, and you start like, you know, with a stock, taste a little bit, maybe throw some salt in it. And then it's every bit of the way. I mean, salinity does break down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Even if you have sauces that have been reheated multiple times, um, you do need to adjust it. Not only like the volume, maybe a lot of like um, water was evaporated from things, but yeah, salinity always does break down. Always just tasting, just overly taste things, mm-hmm. always. It's hard to get in the habit of tasting things when you're cooking at home because you're not like you don't know what you're tasting really. So you just keep like kind of trying it, and you're like, yeah, it's good. And you like you're tasting again, you're like, I think that's better than the last time. So it's always like weird. (laughs) And it's it's odd way to the quickest way to or the easiest way to break down and just salt is it doesn't. It's never if it tastes salty, you screwed up. But you should just taste taste. I mean, like let's just say if it's a soup with chicken stock that you make from scratch, you can put all the heart, love in it, ever. But if it's not seasoned well, it's just going to taste like murky water. But then you just want to taste it, and all of a sudden you're just like, I can taste things more. Because that's what salt's doing. It's just yeah. bringing those flavors to the forefront. That's what I have whenever I make a stock, like all the peppers or like whatever leftovers I have. Like I put them in like a Ziploc bag in the freezer. It's like just mm-hmm. full of shit in my freezer, and I have to make something with it any day now, like a stock or something. Because it's just sitting there with like lemongrass, like half onion. Yeah! Like so I'm sure it's going to be super, super good. I'll make that with something. Uh, take us through some like kitchen myths. Like, what are some things, or maybe some things like you know, like the general public would be like, oh, like okay, like some cool spins on stuff or something. Like, like I know one thing, like a commercial kitchen does really well is like time consume. Like, I think mm-hmm. like and like the I guess workflow, like workflow in a like a, I guess like in a real kitchen is like insane. It's like an assembly line, but like everyone's locked into like the T. So like, like what are some things like what kind of like surprise us? I guess. I mean, that's the big thing. Is it, it's a brigade system? It really is. That really successfully ran restaurants. I mean, there's a brigade system. There's a top. Is the voice? There's only one voice. Um, imagine like if you're running expo, which is a position where you're expediting orders and maybe front of house servers are asking you like you know quick things on the fly you're the voice you're going to be answering them accordingly and then relaying the information to the rest of the staff whether it's you know the line cooks the grill the fryer whatever it may be but if they start sharpening in and you have two other people discussing it's all this this uh discouraging matter going on i mean everybody's just like talking at each other when there should just be one voice so i've worked mm-hmm. in many of places where it seems like that and yes this guy's trying to be helpful this guy's trying to be helpful they need to be locked in on their station, what their task is right there. Because once again, I mean, it's a well-oiled machine. It's a brigade system. There should be one voice because that one person is trying to dictate everything and keep everything moving as smooth and as confidently as possible. Um, everything else is actually, like you mentioned, time management. Um, it's a lot with mise en place, which is just things in place, getting everything ready. If you're going to do, like today I mentioned to Billy, um, Hannah and I, we made a, like a Thai curry of beef penang. If you get that going and if you don't have your meat prepped out or, you know, your herbs, your paper, your your basil, um, like, you know, your chili paste and everything kind of worked out, you're going to come into issues. I mean, you know, you're not only making sure your sticky rice is soaking for, you know, like eight, ten hours. Prior to that, you want to make sure your meat's tempered up. You want to make sure you're when you're already cooking up or warming your coconut milk um, to like a boil essentially, then you're adding your um, your uh, curry paste to that, boiling that until all the oils kind of evapor- kind of um, meld out in that cream. Um, you wanna have that meat ready to go. 
and that meat's not ready to go well, that's going to overcook so you throw that meat in there and it's like all right part cook that's good it's good it's good okay now i gotta do the vegetables or whatever else you're throwing if those things are not ready you're going to be set back i mean if you have everything ready accordingly and you really feel like you're on top of things you have all the prep maybe even you have you know the the seasonings already kind of like pre-measured if you're really familiar with this recipe mm. those things are awesome i mean you get that and everything's done that's what like most restaurants everything's prepped out ahead of time essentially like pre-shift um to the point of their station will have like you know fresh herbs of that day it's not like they're going to do anything all minute and just like oh shit, i need to top this down it's like no then you're not yeah. ready to open sorry bud or you're in the weeds yeah just like get everything up um, never underestimate just like time workflow like get things lined up essentially just makes you a better uh, home cook too home chef whatever it may be you're just involved and you'll just feel confident you'll just feel like nothing's worrisome and um and then even on that note too is high heat um high heat really does matter uh at home personally i just have a shitty old coil mm-hmm. oven it's the worst uh stove top it's not even like a glass top terrible yeah. i hate cooking at home <laughs> but um a lot of recipes they say you know like high heat people are really cautious on that they think like medium high is high heat um no it's not like high heat is high and if you're doing like recipes like you know like a curry where you're cooking on the coconut milk you're getting the paste in there you want it hot enough where if you're jacking off and screwing around you can temporarily just uh ruin everything you can yeah. burn everything yeah. But if everything is set up, it goes together so easily. So don't ever be afraid of high heat. Um, and then another thing is like an exhaust fan. This house does not have one either. It sucks. Cooking a steak in the house, it's the worst. We still do it, but, um, you know, high heat always. And then just kind of like temperature control. Because, yes, there's a lot of things that, yeah, high heat, um, high searing temperatures are awesome. But there isn't just um, an off or an on. So some people I've worked with in restaurants, it's, it's 100, 100 miles an hour, it's 10 miles an hour. It's like, yeah. no, there are temperatures that you can do there. Let's just say if you're eating up a pan, throwing some um, clarified butter into it, and you're going to, like, you know, pan sear a steak, that thing's ripping hot. It is smoking hot. You sear it, you flip it over, maybe you add more butter, drop that heat down. That pan's already holding so much heat right now, it's going to burn up everything. It's something you kind of can manage temperatures a little bit more. You can do it a lot better with the gas. Not necessarily that gas is best. It is to that degree where you can visually see what's on, what's off. And then the control yeah. of the flame rather than a glass coil or a glass surface or a coil where it could be off, but that temperature is still holding exactly. some serious yeah. heat. So there's a lot of those things too. Yeah, I have the coil over here too. It fucking sucks. Like I the to, worst. Like I can't see under, like you saw the gas. You can see the flame. Like I can't see under it. Like I don't know the difference between seven, eight, nine, or ten because it's just red for all three of them. So like I have no clue. It really is the worst. But like it comes in handy for the high heat situations, I guess, where you just gotta mm-hmm. turn it all the way up and. and that's it. And then it's like your confidence. If you've worked with it for a few years, um, then like with me at home, it's like I'm not controlling much heat. I am kind of all or off just because it's just such an old unit where maxed out. I mean, it's hotter than shit but halfway point it's kind of nothing and it's a slow man's race no one's winning i got like one of the actually what i use for the gas is like i got the coleman like the camping grill like those green Mm -hmm. ones so it's actually gas just twist like one of those little gas containers into it yeah it's not bad it goes a long way but uh i wouldn't recommend using it indoors because it gets pretty hot in the kitchen (laughs) but that's what ideally if i had like a nice outdoor patio 
I would have like a flat or like a black stone flat top cooking surface for all grilling period. Um, that's awesome. Hannah got me this bitch and pizza oven that can get up to like 800, 900 degrees Fahrenheit. And I'd be stoked. Those two pieces of equipment. Then I wouldn't even cook indoors. I mean, maybe I guess with like curries and stuff. I might, you need like some, yeah. I don't know. I'll make a black stone grill. We can do it all. <laughs> Wait, did, did you eat one of those like unis? Oh, no. So uh, it's at a rock box by okay, Gazi. Okay. So it's very similar. I think I've seen but, those yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Those killer. things look so sick. I, I've been thinking about one for like so long now. Those look so fun yeah. to have outside and they're so easy to keep and maintain. Yeah, R O C C box rock box by gosney um it's bitching it's built like a tank i mean when you get the thing up to like past like 700 degrees fahrenheit you're rocking and i talked to a lot of my local chefs and stuff and they're just like oh pizza restaurants i've worked at we only run like 500 and that's hot and i'm like this is hotter because you're cooking pizzas in like 30 to 40 seconds and it's like that more that neapolitan style and you're also outside like you're also using it outside so like the second you take it out of the oven like it's like dropping down like no matter where you are because like yeah yeah it's always gonna be windy outside no matter where you are that's cool man those those things look so fun those things look sick i've seen uh very so people do like pop-ups and stuff like with those things and they look pretty gnarly have you uh Speaking of quick pizza ovens, do, do you know this like YouTube channel slash like Instagram account? I think they're like this website too. It's called Chef Steps. I'm not familiar with that though. So, no. So they do. They're they're like honestly like one of the best like teaching people how to cook like from like a it's like if you're teaching me how to cook from like a professional to like a home cook experience. They're pretty cool. Okay. So the guy was like, "Yo, you don't have to like." He's like, "If you don't want to buy a pizza oven, he's like, he's got like 46 bricks." Uh, put it in the backyard. Put it like a stone on the bottom and a stone on top. It's pretty much been like a pizza oven in the house. And the, mm-hmm. he's fucking making pizza. That shit looked good. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, damn, I have a fucking like stone, like really brick in your backyard. You just gotta know what you're doing. Everything could look great. God damn, man! It's like with pizza, it's a lot about heat temper. I mean, yeah. uh, temperature management. It's huge. I, I know there's a winery in Napa. Um, they have a pizza oven like built into like their back. It's kind of weird, but it's like there's like a ledge that goes from the winery to like where people sit. It's like just a pizza oven. Like someone just made it. Like dug a little hole in the side, put like a couple of bricks inside. Fucking have a couple of wine and pizza. That sounds awesome. God damn. Yeah. It like is that. super, super cool. There's a place outside of Rochester, Minnesota. It's at a church, but they actually built these two huge um, uh, brick uh, pizza ovens. It's like wood fired. Well, they'll do events like for most of the summer, like every Wednesday. It's like live music and you know pizzas and they're wood fired they're huge they're expensive as shit for what they are but it's kind of like a charitable thing where you don't feel too bad because the music's free so you're going there for free entertainment you're buying like a 27 pizza but you're like eh, whatever and that's great i mean it might not be the best thing in the world but i'd still rather do that type of pizza rather than any any chain pizza yeah. place yeah. um just like you know wood fire that that's cool it adds some good flavor i like char again again burn up the crust a little bit it's i always, like that it's, it's always nice <laughs> things always taste better when you make it no matter how shitty they are <laughs> it always <laughs> tastes good like you make it and you eat it yourself you're like damn i'm pretty good at this God damn. Does does your family ever get excited like when you're cooking? They're like, oh shit, Sam's up. <laughs> I know. Uh, Hannah gets stoked whenever it's uh, it's curry night. We've been doing Penang curry specifically for the last like I think three or four weeks. I'm like every Monday, just because I used to make it a ton when I was younger and mm. doing more Thai cuisine and everything, and I haven't. And I made it a few times throughout the year. And I was always just pissed by how it turned out. I was just like, damn, it, it's just not coming together. So engraving in my head 
every week, at least like once a week, it's coming together awesome. And it's super easy. I mean, once you get the process down, mm-hmm. it's everything opposite of what you think you would have to do, like learning in school. But it's Thai preparation. It's not French preparation. It's not that type of technique. So you can't skew like classic like Thai cuisine with like, you know, French technique. Um, it throws off all those yeah. classic dishes. It just doesn't work. Dude, fucking, have you been to Thailand? What was that? Have you been to Thailand? No. I haven't been. Uh, I, I, was, I was hoping you were going to tell me stories because you've been there. But, like, mo- like whenever you, you see, like, those, like, I don't know, like, YouTubes or, like, whatever, like, you know, food shows or, like, Thai, like, in, like, in Thailand, like, where the food is, like, it's never the most, like, fanciest looking places. But it's the best fucking food. Yep. People swear by Thailand street food is, like, or, like, just food is the best. I'm, I'm sure you know that one lady. What's her name? The J5, like the super famous like lady who cooks out of like that super like scorching like fucking log thing. There's she, a lot of but those she, cool but she wears, people. Like, They're all like yeah. vendors. So she, she, like she makes like these omelets that look fucking like amazing with their Thai style. But like every time someone brings up food in Asia, like I always hear like, oh, you got to go to Thailand and eat there. And I'm like, holy shit. Like I really do got to go. It, it really sucked when I was in culinary school in Vegas years back. I had an opportunity because there was this competition for like you know uh, make pad Thai, and they had all these um, Thai chefs come from Thailand. They were doing these uh, fruit carving and ice carving competitions and just kind of uh, exhibitions where people would kind of come and learn something. So I went and I just like whooped ass because I had a lot of Thai food, and then I didn't have my passport yet because I didn't really know what was going to happen for like, winter. I, I didn't have a chance to go, but I had like a, essentially like a free trip. Thailand and have my passport immediately after that I got my passport and never even had a chance to use it before it expired so uh, now I'm just like cool now I need to get another one before I have any fun but I was always told by my previous Thai chef at least then like you know three four five dollars a day um, you can eat nothing but just like the freshest produce fruit um, all day in Thailand. Not just saying it's cheap, cheap, but it's just like quality. It's just a simple culture. It's all street food vendors, and that's what like local Thai restaurants or even Vietnamese for that matter. I don't want them to look not necessarily like old and dirty, but just or not necessarily even run down, but not the um, the 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 classy kind of fancy. Yeah. Colorful signs that are a little Americanized. I don't want that. I want something no. rugged. That it's more emphasis on like you know this is amazing food. Yeah. And there's a, a new Thai place that just opened up in Rochester tomorrow. It's called Thai Pop. I'm really excited. I think the chefs from Thailand. And the first day uh, Hannah and I go there, I told her I'm gonna order the entire appetizer menu just so no you know. Shit. Like things, but I'm like I'm gonna order all of them because I want to try them. I'm like really excited. All right. Well, we'll wait for the next episode to get that review in. Thai pop coming near you soon, but that's gonna be fun. Yeah. Thai food is always good. I'm trying to think if there's any good. There is good Thai food in San Diego. Um, I haven't. Not as good as probably like there. Pasadena. That area had some amazing Thai food. It's like huge Thai culture. Uh, up there, yeah, there for sure is. There's also like between. There's like a little city right between here and Pasadena. It's called Oceanside. Uh, like the. I don't want to say like there's a lot of Thai people there because I'm not that familiar with San Diego, but I know there's a good couple of good Thai restaurants there too. Awesome. Actually, here there's a lot of good Asian food. Asian food's really popping in San Diego, so that's good. 
And I heard like a lot of fish tacos and shit too. That's oh, what me and my buddy yeah. said when we were in San Diego a couple of years so, back. So, I think it was like every day we were just like crushing breakfast burritos and like fish tacos. It's, it's, it's the shit, dude. It's the shit. It, it, it's fun to have that too, but like, what's also fun is like the fucking people that come here from like Tijuana to like open up their shops here and you got like real fucking tacos and it's like these nice. fucking like little tortillas the size of my hand. It's, it's like has enough meat for like, the size of my head and they put enough guac for like a fuck like a one pound fucking swoop of guac on it. Like here you go, buddy. It's like a buck fifty. You're like, dude. Oh, right. Yeah, dude. Or you're like, like two bucks, and you're just like, that's a steal. I mean, and then around here, it's like five fifty for the it, same it, it, thing, it and you're steal, like, yeah. what? I want three of these. It is. It's, it is. Well, the thing, the thing here is San Diego. Like the way they try to get you in is they make the tortilla in front of you. Like everyone, like, or they awesome. show you exactly what they're doing right in front of you. So you're like, oh shit, like let me buy in and like. It's funny in the, in the tourist area they let the like the ladies like dress up and like like old fashioned like Mexican clothing too. Like, it's pretty hilarious like what they'll do to get tourists in, but it's good. It's good food. Um, all right, there were a couple more, but I wanted to go into our next segment. Sam, yeah, you're a chef. We're gonna test your knowledge of general foods and everything that has to do with fire <laughs> one. We're gonna give you a little quiz. Are you ready? We even got you your own theme song. You ready for this? Oh man, okay. <laughs> Sick, Sam. Love it. We're about to blow your mind, Sam. We've got a couple questions for you. True or false style, Sam. I have to see where your head's at today. We'll start off with pineapples grow out of the ground. True or false? True. Well, out of the ground at the base of the ground, so definitely not coming from overbearing trees. All right, got that one right, Sam. Sam got a right answer. We got a little dinger for you there. Where's my guy? There we go. All right. <laughs> oh, it even shows me a photo of it. You're right. <laughs> oh, bitchin'. All right. So, next one for you. Creme Fresh was originally created as a cure for baldness. True or false? <sighs> I want to say false, and that's a weird preparation because traditionally to make that, you leave it sit out. You mix, uh, like, your cream and your ingredients, like, out in the culture, like, room temperature overnight and it's exactly what no one would ever expect and it's exactly what everything the health board would say you need to throw that in the garbage but traditionally that's how creme fresh is made just sitting out in the open air answer is you tell I us to like, say false you're gonna say false it is false sam you're right okay it's always been used as a food never as a medicine all right. Red and green bell peppers are the exact same vegetable, just at different stages of development. True. I, um, typically, like any vegetable, even like green baby eggplant, which I just had today, um, would ripen to something, whether it's purple or another hue. Um, jalapenos will always ripen to a red. Um, even a lot of like green bell peppers that people like purchase as green bell peppers, eventually they will ripen. They are just in a different stage. And typically peppers that are marketed more to be like a, just a green bell pepper and that's it um it's not gonna be that big big red red robust color but it will change you eventually what's your answer sam um they do, yes they will they, they, they do are they're they are the same they uh, it's like a green bell pepper will become something green is not the final stage for ripening process got it crush it sam Oh, crushing these, man. I thought they were going to be a little hard. These are a little like brain twisters. 
All right, over 70% of the world's cabbages are grown in Croatia. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, you you got to be like fucking like just ordering cabbage from your restaurant like every fucking day to almost like notice. I mean, I, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I imagine that that area probably uses like a ton of cabbage, but I just imagine that would be a ton. But then when you think about it, like, you know, the majority of all bananas, whether or mango or a lot of fruit, you could totally isolate to like one country. So I'm going to just go on a limb and say yes. So it is true you're saying. <laughs> yes. Oh. Balls. The guy who that was a crazy one. I liked it, though. The, the guy who put made this quiz, he's putting like little notes after every question. He goes, nah, I just made that one up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. I was like, exactly. It was, it was weird. It was weird. I, I tried to take these, and I did a lot worse than you. I'll tell you right now. That's all good. This one's next. Dog food gets tested by humans. I would say yes. Um, Absolutely. Because when I was a little kid, not saying every little kid did this, they should have. I've definitely ate a dog biscuit too. You had had a couple of Purina chows in your day? Well, I don't even know the brand, but they're they're probably like a milk bone, let's say. Well, Sam, once again, you crushed it. I think you're like four for one. Or four and one, so that's awesome. All right, we got a couple more. This one's pretty hilarious. It's illegal to grow tomatoes in Italy without a license. It's illegal to grow tomatoes in Italy without a license, Sam. I know they're really, really specific on, like, Pomodoro-style tomatoes and a lot of things like that. Um, They take that shit seriously. I don't know if that would be specific, but let's say yes. So you're saying you do need a license to get a... Uh, to, yeah, uh, to grow tomatoes in Italy because they take that shit serious. <laughs> oh, okay. Unfortunately, Sam, you're five and t- you're five and two. Actually, not four. So you're five and two now. All right, uh, Sam. I'll tell you what, Sam. If you get at least, let's see how many we have left. One, two, three. If you get three of the next four right, I'll play you a winning theme song. Oh man. So okay, you, I got to stick to my guns and not just wing it. Sam, you want this fucking theme song so bad right now? I do. <laughs> Potatoes are 80% water, true or false? 80% water. 80? Mm-hmm. Now remember, numbers are huge in quizzes, so 80% water. Uh, I want to say false because it feels like there's so much starch involved in that. So you're saying it's um, it's it doesn't have it's not eighty percent full of water. Yeah, I want to say it's not eighty percent water. Uh, let me see. What's the answer here? Oh, got it right, Sam. All right, so you need. What was the percent? Uh, it's it's twenty. It's only about twenty. Okay, because I was just like, oh wait, insane. No, actually. Yeah, oh, it is. It's, shit. It says only about twenty percent of a potato is solid. Twenty percent. That's that, crazy. Okay. Kind of makes sense. Kind of makes sense. All right. So you need these <sighs> next three. You f- one, two, three. Yeah, you need the next three, Sam. These next three are crucial. Okay. Strawberries aren't actually berries. Are not actually berries. True or false? Man, now I'm just getting crazy. Now um, I want to say false. They're not a berry. They're not a berry. They're not a berry. You're right. It is oh, yeah. an aggregate fruit. 
Gotcha. Because I was thinking it's like normally berries they always have seeds inside. Strawberries have seeds outside. So I was like, gotta be something different. You know, man, I gotta say, you're being very logical about your answers. I like it. You're like thinking these out. I was just kind of throwing them out there. <laughs> so this is awesome. You're, you're like thinking about this. You thought about the other one like that too. So it's, it's pretty cool. All right. So you need these next two. There's two left and you need them. You got to go okay. two for two here. Hawaiian pizza was created in Canada. Was Hawaiian pizza made in Canada? Uh, I want to say there's no way it was made in Hawaii. You know, I bet it was <laughs> definitely some middle continent that was just like, you know, like, let's just, hey, uh, it's like tropical. Uh, it's like Hawaiian uh, because there's pineapple on it and that's tropical. You got left um, Something like that. Yeah, let's just say yes. Let's just say Hawaiian pizza was made in Canada. You're right. It was created in 1962 by someone named Sam. Who oh, sounds, good guy. Good who guy. Sounds like, who sounds like he was Greek. Sam Panopoulos. Shout out to Sam Ooh. in Ontario, Canada. All right. This is the last one. All the peas and carrots. Last one. And you get your own theme song if you get this one right. So baby carrots are just regular carrots that have been shaved down. Not shaved down, they would, for most of the part, be just picked at a, an earlier stage of their life. Um, God, if I'm wrong, that, that pissed me off. Because, I mean, I know the baby carrots and stuff you get at the store, they are, like, filed down, like, that's, gorgeously and, and, small. And that's the but graphic, I, yeah, that's the graphic that it showed me, like, those, like, store-bought like, baby carrots, yeah. Yeah, just a little baby carrots. Um, if they no, 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 no. I want to say no. Those are not shaved down. Those they're grown that way, so they're not shaved down. Otherwise, you'd see, yeah, you'd see like the center of the core and everything. So they're not um, shaved down. Larger carrots are actually like its own, um, its own carrot. I'm trying to figure out the answer because the guy, the, the way this guy writes it is very weird. But I'm gonna say you're right. It says they were first marketed in, 19, in the 1980s as a way to sell down shaved carrots. Uh, but they're really imperfected carrots. That they, Just like taken from their yeah, prime so they exactly, don't even have a yeah. chance to get large. Yeah, so let's promise him you get your own theme song. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Unless it's short. Hey, that's all I need. Uh, but this was cool. This was fun. We'll do some more questions for Ask a Chef. Um, oh, yeah. I have one more question for you, actually. Where can I get some Sam sauce? Ooh, samshouse.com. Otherwise, you can always find me on Instagram and uh, Facebook as well. Uh, what about you, Billy? Where can I get some of that King Oil & Co. Chili Crisp Oil? You get it right there. Instagram, King Oil & Co. The website, kingoilco.com. Or any store we're at, check the website. Um, we got a fun one coming up next week. Uh, we got the hot sauce draft coming up. We have the Scott Sauce episode dropping this week as well. So... It's going to be a fun one, man. I'm looking forward to the next guest. I'm not going to say who it is right now, but we'll leave it. Just keep the hype up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty big. And then uh got the next couple weeks rolling. So follow us. Check in with me and Sam. Send us a message saying hello, how much you love the hot sauce, how much you love the chili oil. Buy some merch. Buy some hot sauce. Buy some chili oil. Buy some merch. Anything else, Sam? Hey, that's it, man. Just uh, keep spilling the sauce. And, uh, you know. Just have fun with it. I love this. This is a great time. Sick, man. I'll catch you next week, my dude. Awesome. Take care, big dog. Take it easy. Man.